Christina found the packet of letters tucked inside a small cedar box in a far corner of her attic while searching for a ceramic jack-o'-lantern to set out on the front porch in honor of Halloween. In an instant, the witch's holiday was forgotten. The mere sight of those heavy vellum envelopes, with their faded, curling stamps, struck her a bittersweet blow to the heart. She had not thought of her beloved governess, Miss Eudosha Phillips, in at least fifty years. Now, in that cramped and dusty chamber where bits and fragments of the past were stored, memories nearly overwhelmed Christina. She sat down on the arched lid of an old steamer trunk, heedless of potential damage to her white silk slacks, and was only mildly surprised to find the ribbon-bound stack of letters clasped with fevered gentleness in her hands. She did not recall reaching for it. For a long time, she simply sat there, holding the letters, remembering. There was no real need to read the words, some penned in her own handwriting, some in Miss Phillips's ornate Victorian script, just touching the paper evoked those vibrant, colorful, and often painful days with breathtaking clarity, bringing tears to Christina's eyes and stealing her breath. Presently, Christina looked up, blinked several times, and saw her reflection in the murky surface of the large antique mirror she'd purchased in Hong Kong. She looked just as she had for upwards of a hundred years, except that she'd worn her dark hair long before the 1920s, like everyone else, her skin was still unwrinkled and her figure remained slender and supple. Pretty good, she thought, with a slight and rueful smile. For a woman of my maturity. Christina shifted her attention from her image to the ornately ugly contours of the mirror itself, pressing the back of one hand to her face. She'd gone traveling after her husband Michael's death in the 1890s, roaming the world like a restless wind, never staying in one place for long, one bleak and rainy afternoon, she'd found the piece in a seedy backstreet shop and bought it. To this day, Christina had no idea why she'd wanted the monstrosity. She'd done a number of strange things after Michael was killed, and many of her experiences and emotions were recorded in great detail in the letters she held. Miss Phillips's private nurse, engaged by Christina, had returned her letters after the old woman succumbed to pneumonia in 1934. A distracted thought flitted through Christina's mind. She ought to clean the mirror and have it moved to her exclusive and suitably snobbish little antiques and fine art shop on Western Avenue. One woman's junk invariably proved to be another's treasure, as the success of Christina's business proved. The correspondence resting in her fingers reclaimed her attention, and with uncommonly awkward fingers, she opened the first envelope. The fragile paper was turning to dust, and Christina held it carefully, reverently. The faintest scent of lemon verbena, the fragrance she'd favored then, rose delicately from the vellum, arousing other remembrances, effectively carrying Christina back to a time that no longer existed for her. Sheltingham Castle, Somerset, June 14, 1897. My very dear Philly, by now... I know you will have heard of Michael's death, but I find I must recount all of it, as I could to no one else in order to lay down some of the burden. A mortal's death is a mere trifle to my parents, though they have respected my pain and grief and done what they could to lend me comfort. But their kindness does not reach deep enough to soothe the bruises upon my spirit. As for Valerian, who is, as you are well aware, my confidant and friend, 
Well, suffice it to say, I believe he secretly thinks me better off without Michael. He always believed my husband was weak, and thus utterly unworthy of my affections. He would, of course, have had that same opinion of virtually anyone, for such is his devotion to me. Valerian could never understand, as you always have, beloved Philly, that one need not be especially worthy to be cherished by another. So often love simply occurs, all on its own, like an earthquake or a case of the grief, and to seek rhyme or reason in such an event is to seek in vain. That, of course, is how it was with Michael and me. But I must start at the beginning if I am to tell the tale properly. My memories spin so beautifully in my mind just now, Philly, bright-hued and vivid, brimming with sorrow and joy and all the emotions in between. Like